majority of people have been able to find do file using a direct deposit. It's faster, makes sense, and a lot of folks do it that way. That means that somewhere between 50 and 70 million Americans will receive that stimulus check uh, sometime in mid-April. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration so that you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We're your hosts, David Thompson and Leo Sabo, and in this episode of Getting Money Right, we're going to talk about the CARES Act. CARES. CARES stands for the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. This was just signed into law. Uh, by the time you're listening to this, it'll be in about maybe two weeks. And it is the HR 748. That is the name of this bill, 748. And we're actually going to put a link to it in the show notes as well. But there are four major titles to this bill, four major components. And one is their desire to keep American workers paid and employed. That's right. Uh, so this is the number one thing. Uh, number two is assistance for American workers, for families, and for businesses. Mm-hmm. And then Title Three is supporting America's healthcare system in the fight against coronavirus. Right. And then Title Four is the economic stabilization and assistance to severely distressed sectors of the United States economy. Yeah, there, there's a lot in this act. <laughs> it's if huge. I, yeah, I started reading through it, and uh, as any government document, you, there's sections and subsections of subsections. Uh, right. So it's very easy to get lost in it. Uh, but fortunately, there's been a lot of information that's come out. A lot of folks have done uh, the work of uh, simplifying this, and we're going to try to do that as well as it relates to, to you guys, our audience, but what we're going to touch on today, what our overview of what we want to cover today is, what is a direct payment to individuals? That's the stimulus that we all know about. We're supposed to, each individual or couple, supposed to get a certain amount, so we'll cover that. The small business loans and forgiveness, which applies to any employer that has up to 500 employees. Uh, and this could be also churches, nonprofits, so, so it's a great opportunity for some that practically might actually go out of business without this. So uh, this may be a great help for some. And then, of course, the unemployment assistance, which is also a pretty big deal because we've seen unemployment spike over the last couple of weeks. It has been you know 6.6 million last week and 3 million plus the week before. So we're about 10 million uh, people that have applied yeah. for unemployment assistance. And In, uh, this is going to be a huge for them. I mean, that's unbelievable because before that, it was, you know, less than a hundred thousand people. I know, and and now it's, you know, just in the last two months, yep. ten million additional yeah. people applied. I saw, I saw a chart, and it showed like going back to I don't know, 30, 40 years of right. unemployment, and it was just this little thing on, at the bottom of the graph, and all of a sudden this huge spike that took it to the top of the chart, and it's just an incredible perspective of how many people so quickly have been put out of work. That's right. I mean, if you go and Google that chart and you look at the unemployment rate, even in 2009, 2010, when you would think that it would have been just really high and really uh, a huge issue, uh, you can see it now. And it is just massively, it's a multiple times of Mm -hmm. what it was in 2009, 2010. And, and hopefully that's temporary. Uh, hopefully it's not a structural issue with the economy. Mm-hmm. The longer that we go into this thing, yeah. the more it will cause structural problems with the economy, right. which will lead to longer term unemployment. But we we read through the bill, not every single word, but look at these four 
major titles Mm -hmm. and there's tons of data in there. And I love that we've just highlighted it down to the three things that we want to look at, what you're individually going to get, how small businesses can benefit. And then if you're applying for unemployment, what the additional assistance is. So let's start with the direct payment to individuals. Yep. Uh, this is kind of exciting for every single person, pretty much. Uh, they're calling it a recovery rebate because they're doing it through the IRS in a way. Uh, the IRS is the ones that's going to be cutting these checks, and it's going to be a situation where it it, it the language is applied in tax language. So mm-hmm. if you're reading about it, you're going to see that it's a rebate, that it's a credit. You're going to see that it's applied based on the amount of income from your 2019 taxes, or if you haven't filed your 2019 taxes, it'll be based on your 2018 taxes. Right. And so the the basic information that you need to know is that there is a $1200 they're calling it a refundable tax credit but what that means is that it is a straight credit to you that is given to you even if you don't have an income that exceeded the issue of $1200 mm-hmm. for individuals uh, and then 2400 for married filing jointly and then plus an additional $500 for each child. Mm -hmm. Uh, So this is going to be phased out at different incomes. So if you earn uh, $75,000 a year for a single person, if you go above that $75,000 in your adjusted gross income, then they're going to start to pull back that $1,200. Right. It's adjusted based on that. So you don't get the full $1,200. Exactly. You get less depending on how much higher above that your income goes. Exactly. Um, and then up to 150000 for married filing jointly. Mm-hmm. If you earn up to 150000 then you'll be able to access that full $2,400 uh, joint refund. Yeah. So, I mean, these are checks that are going to be sent in the mail and Leo, is it all going to be checks or what does this look like? <laughs> well, thankfully for most of us, it won't be. And actually, thankfully for the IRS, because the IRS, I believe, is going to be overwhelmed based on some of the filers who still, unfortunately, don't use direct deposit. But from uh, several resources, uh, a majority of people I've been able to find do file using a direct deposit. It's faster, makes sense. And a lot of folks do it that way. Uh, in one uh, source that I read, it said about 80% of the people uh, have filed and have direct deposit. So that's a good thing. That means that somewhere between 50 and 70 million Americans will receive that stimulus check uh, sometime in mid-April. And there's a timeline on when it's going to be released. Beyond that, of course, they're going to have to go to checks for people who have not used direct deposit in their 2018 or 2019 filing. So that will take, to some estimates, it'll take months for those people to get their checks. And that's going to be based on on a distribution based on the lowest income earner to the highest. That's right. So be looking for this. Leo, what did you say the date was? So it's one sighting, I think it was uh, Washington Post said that April 9th is going to be the first distribution. Uh, so it's somewhere between April 9th and April 13th. Yeah. That's what, I, that's what I've been able to find online. But either regardless, within the next few days, 10 yep. to 12 days or so, we're going to see... Uh, a direct deposit in our accounts if we filed in 2018 or 2019 uh, and we file electronically or we have direct deposit, obviously, um, that we received uh, either a return or we paid through a direct deposit. That's right. So be looking for a direct deposit from the government potentially into your bank account of somewhere between 600 
to $1,200 because it is based on your earned income as well and what mm -hmm. you brought in and what you've been filing taxes on. If you have not earned any income, let's say that you're 18 and you haven't had a full-time job yet and you don't have an earned income, the government isn't going to send you $1,200. Right. This is based on, on past work history. And the government is really trying to support people who've paid taxes in the past and immediately infuse cash into the system so that we will go out and buy things. And as we go out and buy things, that will pay somebody to do a job or pay somebody to provide a service or yeah. pay somebody to provide a product. And that will keep that person employed. So this is the quickest way that the government can infuse money into the system mm -hmm. to make sure that people are continuing to purchase which causes more employment to be maintained throughout the economy. So well, it's a one big deal. Of, one of, yeah, one of the other things that obviously is going on here is that most of us are in quarantine. We're encouraged to stay home, whether that's very strict in some states and other states is a little more loose. But we are encouraged to stay home to keep uh, the social distancing uh, in check and make sure that we're really ab abiding by that and keeping everybody safe and trying to what they call, you know, flatten the curve so that yep. this thing eventually goes away. And that's something we are praying for, something we're hoping for, something that we are ourselves trying to do ourselves. The other aspect of this, obviously, is to realize that if you are stuck at home, there are some basic things that you're going to continue to need, like food. And, and just the basics of paying your utilities, those kind of things. So what the government's trying to do is to say, let's keep things as normal as possible. Yeah. Spending as much as we need to, not crazy, but certainly keeping families from um, not having enough to uh, get by, especially those that have been affected by job losses and being sent home because they're not in what they call the essential businesses. So if you're not in that, you're at home and you might be getting paid. You might not be getting paid. But ultimately, it's it's going to affect on how people spend money. And that, of course, has a trickle-down effect on is the economy going to begin to slow down? Are businesses going to really begin to lay off? And then if they do, not just because of the quarantine, but beyond that, because the businesses have suffered and now cannot go back to just a normal uh, as things were before. That's right. That's right. So let me just reiterate it one more time. Uh, if you earned under $75,000 in 2019, 2018, uh, if you haven't filed your 2019 taxes yet, then you will be receiving $1,200. As long as you earned a baseline of income, you have to have earned at least $2,500. Mm -hmm. And at that rate, you get $600. And then it just goes up the more income you earned. Right. Then when you get up to $100,000, then all of the refund is gone if you're an individual. Mm -hmm. So it, it starts to go down when you earn over $75,000. So, right. so we're saying anticipate it, but it all depends on your income. Uh, definitely go do a little bit more research. We'll put links into the show notes. All right. So that's the individual direct payouts, the uh, what is being called the refunds, the recovery rebates. I love yeah. that. Now let's talk a little bit about small business loans. The government has allocated $350 billion for what they're calling the Paycheck Protection Program. So the goal is to protect people's paychecks. Right. They want to make sure that people are still employed, that they know. The government has said, we're asking everyone to stay at home so we don't overwhelm the healthcare system, so we don't infect each other, so that people who aren't aware of their symptoms or maybe are asymptomatic, they're not having symptoms, but they're going out and infecting people because they might carry the virus currently. Mm -hmm. They're saying stay at home, 
But because you're staying at home, we're going to give loans to a bunch of businesses, up to $350 billion, so that businesses can continue to pay employees even when they're at home. Right. Uh, the goal is to keep these businesses in business mm-hmm. and to make sure that your paycheck is insured. Now, it's, it's going to be a little bit of a clunky system, but yeah. this is a massive, massive infusion of cash yeah. into businesses to help them keep people employed. Yeah, what's interesting about this sum is that, you know, $350 billion, but it started out with 30 <laughs> Initially, when they started talking yeah. about how much help they should give these businesses, it was $30 billion, which is still a large still amount a of money. Crazy amount of money, yep. But then they 11 would it. Yep. I mean, they literally just said, no, that's not going to be enough. And they've expanded to not only just small businesses, but of course, nonprofits and and even uh, individuals that are 1099, sole proprietors, LLCs, those kind of things. So it's been massively increased. What's going to be interesting, David, is to see how that's actually going to roll out because right. these these are loans that have the potential to be forgiven. So at first and foremost, they are loans. It's not another stimulus check that the businesses are going to get. You have to apply for the loan at a local bank or credit union. And then beyond that, you have to then follow the guideline, uh, submit for forgiveness right. uh, later on. And uh, there, are, there are some very specific things. If you're in that boat, so to speak, and you may qualify for this, you're going to have to do some research. And then as soon as possible, you have to start applying for that loan. And what's interesting is also that the loan itself, and we'll talk about this a little deeper, is how much can you actually borrow? Right. And there's a formula for that. There's right. a qualification. All of that's really important. They've done a good job of making it built to set it up in a way that really helps uh, get the money to employees mm-hmm. and make sure that employees are retained, not to just benefit the the business owner right. in, a, in a sneaky way. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this is... Uh, specifically set up to companies that have 500 or fewer employees. Right. So that's going to be small businesses. And that can be an individual, you know, sole proprietor. If you own a business and you're the only employee, you qualify. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, what they are going to be doing is saying, we want to ensure that the larger small businesses get this money first. So they're asking that if you're a sole proprietor, you actually not apply until April 10th and you actually give the larger small businesses a week to get their stuff in because that gets it to more employees more quickly. Uh, But this is for small businesses. Uh, There also is going to be a limit of $10 million uh, that can be taken out in a loan. And again, it's a loan. So it starts with going through a bank to get access to the money. And then the government will potentially forgive that loan or parts of that loan. But what makes up that forgiveness? Well, uh, it starts with what is technically considered covered. And it's important to know that we're talking about businesses, but this also applies to 501c3 mm-hmm. nonprofit groups. Yep. Um, so that means that a lot, I mean, there are tons of nonprofits, educational yes. nonprofits, religious nonprofits, um, a number of different areas where you see nonprofits. There are some religious nonprofits, like some churches are considered nonprofit status, even though they haven't filed for 501c3. So if you're a church yep. and you don't have 501c3, you need to be very cautious because this is specifically for 501c3 nonprofits. Right. Um, and you may take out a loan and find out that you don't qualify. So exactly. Yeah, you have to really understand this before exactly. you dive into it. And one other thing, I mean, it is a loan. 
So we want to caution you. If you're out there thinking this could be a help because it's going to be forgiven, really think it through because it is a loan and there's no guarantees that it will be forgiven. Right? I mean, right. the language is in there for you to be able to, and if you qualify, there's a good chance you will, but don't take out the loan unless you have to. Right. One of the stipulations, especially for 501c3s, for religious organizations, is it actually says something along the lines of if you believe that you're not going to be able to you know, survive or get through right. this without this loan, then you should apply. So uh, I know a specific friend who works at a church who just recently emailed me and said, based on the language, we don't qualify or we've disqualified ourselves because we don't believe we're not going to be able to survive through it. And this is a short-term help. It's not right. you're going to get a loan for the next 12 months to pay your employees. It's actually only for two and a half months. It's That's what it's supposed to do. It's provide help for two and a half months so that you can continue to pay your employees and pay for certain things, which we'll go into in a minute. That's right. So what Leo is referring to is the good faith certification that if you are going to apply for this loan, you have to check a box that says in good faith that you in integrity and honesty are saying that you believe the uncertainty of this economic situation has a high likelihood of putting you out of business, of causing you to not to be able to continue to operate. And so that is why you're borrowing this money with the potential to have it be forgiven. So let's look at some of the requirements for it to be forgiven. Uh, One, it's important to know that the maximum that you can take out in the loan Mm -hmm. is 2.5 times the average monthly payroll costs. So the payroll costs is what you pay your employees. Uh, now that's going to include sick time, and it's going to include, um, you know, your basic payroll, your healthcare benefits. It's going to include some some larger things, retirement but, benefits. But yeah. think about what you're paying employees, and that is what is going to be two point five times that. So mm-hmm. if you go back to before February fifteenth. If you didn't have any employees on your payroll that you were actively paying for, then you can't say, "Oh, I just hired a hundred people, and I'm going to make sure that you know that they're all employed this uh, during the season." No, this is based on last year's numbers. This is based on February fifteenth of twenty twenty or before, mm-hmm. where you had to actively, typically, be paying into uh, their retirement system, into their health benefits. So we're talking about employees, and this is specifically to help with payroll. Yeah, so it is two and a half times the average monthly payroll cost. It does include some of these things like salaries, employing health care benefits, paid retirement, and also employer-paid state and local payroll taxes, but it does not include federal taxes. Interesting. So you include the state and local, but not the federal taxes. And then the loans can be used for payroll costs, obviously, same, same as uh, what qualified you for paid sick time, medical or family leave, mortgage interest, but not the principal. Uh, and then also interest on other debt obligations incurred before this February 15th of 2020 deadline. That's and also, right. of course, rent and utilities. So basic costs. They're, yeah. What they're really trying to do is here is they're trying to say, what do you need over the next two and a half months to keep moving along as things were, let's say, somewhat normal? Because our hope is that in two and a half months, this thing will flatten and go away and we can get back to a somewhat normal economic condition. Although That's it right. Will, it will be different. Yeah. And so this is a loan to businesses to help keep them in business. Mm -hmm. And that's why they can use the money to pay their rent. They can use the money to pay their employees. It's interesting, though, if you own a building as a business, 
you can't use the money towards the principal. Right. So you can't go out and buy real estate as a business or in pay down season, your or pay down yeah, your real your estate because the money is not to just improve businesses cash position. Mm-hmm. The money is to make sure that employees are maintained. Right. So A, this is a loan, but B, if you use the loan for specific things, the part that you use for those things can be forgiven by the government. And that is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So specifically, what you pay in salaries and payroll taxes, uh, and this goes back you know, to what you did in 2019, making sure that this is something you would have done moving forward into 2020. If you use that money to pay employees, then the government will actually forgive that portion of the loan and cause you to not have to repay that. So let's say that you end up with a loan of $10,000 and you use 5,000 of it to pay employees and 5,000 of it to pay rent. Well, the 5,000 that you paid towards employees, you don't have to pay back. Hmm. This is a huge deal. I mean, that is free money that essentially the government is saying, we want to make sure that employees are stay, stay employed and have access to their paychecks in this season. Uh, it's a pretty, pretty cool program. Uh, it's a very expensive program. Uh, it's going to cause us to have some conversations in the future, Leo and I, I'm sure, will, around government debt and some spending. But in this season where there needs to be some stability, it makes a lot of sense to make sure that people who are employed maintain their jobs so we have a, a feeling of economic stability and we don't move into any kind of panic or shift and begin to really long-term hurt the economy. Yeah, well, when you consider where our economy was before the coronavirus uh, came about, we were seeing record uh, profits. We were seeing the economy you know, trucking along really well. Yes, some things were expensive and there was already signs that that uh, there was going to be a correction, but ultimately we were doing very well economically. Jobs were plentiful. The unemployment rate was super low. So what the government is trying to do in pretty much any economy in the world today is they're just trying to get through this coronavirus because this is what's causing all of this. So everything you're seeing through this CARES Act is to provide that assistance over the next two to two and a half months so that we can get through it and hopefully on the other side, kind of pick up from where we left off. Although, of course, it's going to be a lot different. There's going to be some impact on some of the businesses who had to shut down or had to uh, pause any kind of production they were making. So it's it, there's going to be economic downside. Obviously, first and second quarter um, returns are going to be completely different than what we thought at That's the beginning right. of the year. But ultimately, that's what the government's trying to do is to say, hey, let's get through this. And then on the other side, we can deal with it. But I am honestly concerned about all of this money because we know that there's not a ton of money that the government has stashed aside that they're pulling out of their savings savings, account. Right. That'd be one thing. But because we know the government is using debt to fund this, it's a little bit scarier. So we'll we'll probably look at the economic uh, ramifications of that in a future episode. Uh, But for today, we want you to know what you have access to. And you should take advantage of these things. If if you have employees, then I would go ahead and apply for the loan. And there's no prepayment penalty. So if you end up, you know, taking out a $10,000 loan Mm -hmm. and not using it, you can just give the money back. back. Right. And and you're not going to have a penalty on that. The highest the interest rate can be is 4%, which is really which good. Which is very low. It's mm-hmm. phenomenal. And the government has set this up to really help businesses make sure their employees 
have a paycheck coming in. Right. Um, so I, I think that it's valuable for you to realize this is out there. It's available. If you uh, are looking to apply for this, go to sba.gov, uh, fill out the forms. You, you're going to have to apply for it, but then you're going to have to go through a local bank yes. to get the actual loan. And you're probably going to have to go to the bank that you have a relationship with already mm-hmm. because banks are not necessarily accepting a bunch of new clientele right now because they are slammed yeah. with thousands and thousands and thousands of businesses filling out these forms, requesting loans. And the bank still has to measure out and make sure that it's a, a, a good loan to give to this person. Does this person actually have to go through and make sure does this person actually have employees? Has this person been paying rent for their business in the past year? They've got to do some due diligence because they want to make sure that this person will actually qualify to be reimbursed by the government because the bank doesn't want to loan out millions of dollars to businesses that are not real businesses. Mm -hmm. So you still have to apply for this loan. Um, You've got to qualify for it. And so I would say that if you are, if you have more than one employee, if it's not just you as a sole proprietor, then you should be immediately as fast as possible going to fill out the forms. If you are going to need this loan, go and fill it out sooner than later, because there are a lot of people that are going to be in the system. Again, if you're an individual sole proprietor, they're asking that you not fill out the forms until April 10th. And if you go to your bank, they will likely turn you away and say, hey, come back in a week after we've processed these huge uh, small businesses, the huge mm-hmm. small businesses, yeah, <laughs> yeah, under 500 people, but more than two to three people, then then they'll come back and work with all the individual sole proprietors. Yeah. So let's touch on the, on the last part of this uh, on the unemployment assistance. And this is something obviously that's going to affect a lot of Americans. We're already up to 10 million that have uh, submitted unemployment requests over the last two weeks. So normally when you calculate unemployment, um, it's it's based on a formula and we're not going to go deep into that, but you can find that out based on where you live, your state, your local, your unemployment office, I should say. And there's a way that the formula is going to tell you what can you get per week. So as an example, let's say that you normally qualify for about $300 per week of unemployment. So what the government's done through this CARES Act is to add an additional $600 per week for each recipient up to four months. So this is an extension of the unemployment benefits uh, and an increase per week. So instead of getting that $300, now you're going to get $900. Now this is a huge, huge thing because some people have actually, I, I saw this in several um, media articles and, and news uh, um, pieces that said that some people actually make more money uh, now with, with the unemployment because of this increase than they were from just working full time. And again, the thought behind why they're doing this is, is obviously not just to make everybody rich by having them stay home and not work. It's to infuse cash in the best way that they know how to the people that need it the most in order to keep the economy trucking along. And when you have 10 million plus that are now out of work automatically, when you think about the service industry, so many different industries that were were so heavily dependent on millions of workers, now those people can't work anymore. They're not, right. you know, the servers aren't there anymore. Yes, the restaurants are still open, but it's drive-through or curb pickup only. So you don't need a full staff for that. You don't need to serve people and bring their drinks to the table. All of those people are now no longer employed. So obviously they're going to qualify for this. So this is a huge increase in income for them to help them over the next three, four months, depending on when 
things will get back to normal and, and those businesses, whether it's restaurants or whatever, will bring them back to a full-time uh, job. That's right. So uh, in Texas, just as an example, the maximum unemployment that a person can receive is $521 per week. Per week. That is the current norm in mm -hmm. Texas. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think you can receive that for 37 weeks mm -hmm. uh, before you're removed off of unemployment benefits. Now, because of this new addition to the CARES Act, for the duration of this CARES Act, you could have an extra six hundred dollars per week so that moves you from 500 to 1100 it more than doubles yeah that is a massive massive shift uh, but again it's to make sure that people are covered and I, it extends I, I don't remember the exact amount of time but it, it may be two months or eight weeks I, I said for the duration of the cares act i don't mean that it's going to go on for forever mm -hmm. uh, but the as long as there's money in the cares act and i think it's up to at least two months you can look up the details later but but just imagine uh, from a maximum of $500 a month or a week to $1,100 a week, that's $4,400 a month. Mm -hmm. That turns to be a baseline that will really take care of the family in this season. Yeah. So the government is doing everything that they can to make sure you're covered. And I did want to just highlight again, I know we mentioned earlier on in the episode, but right before um, the coronavirus really hit the unemployment claims, the number of people that had claimed mm -hmm. the previous month was 200,000. Wow. And then as soon as it hit, then the next month it was 3, 3 million. Yep. Yeah. And then 6.6 6 million. So, yep. uh, and I'm saying month, actually it's week ending. So each yeah. week. Yeah, each so week. that's, I mean, that's just staggering yeah. that in the last two weeks, that it's been 10 million people that have applied for unemployment. Yeah, it just tells you the impact that this has had on everyone. So yep. so the last thing that we want to touch on is just uh, a side note as to another thing that, that's been included in this, and that's a charitable contribution deduction limit has increased. And the reason we mention this is because not everybody's going to be affected by this. Uh, there are people that um, are either retired, uh, there are people that are just financially at a, at a good place. Uh, and what the government has done is to create this opportunity for people to give more uh, in the season, to be charitable and get a bigger tax deduction. So for cash contribution, usually you can give up to 60% of your adjusted gross income. So let's say if you make $100,000, you can give up to $60,000 of that income and write it off as for off of your income, off of your taxes. So you pay no taxes on that 60,000. So on a $100,000 income, if you gave 60,000 away, then you would only get taxed on 40000 And of course, from that, you'd also take your standard deduction on all of that. So technically, you would almost pay no taxes at all. So what the government has done is said, for 2020, any individual taxpayer can take up to 100% of their justice gross income as a contribution, meaning that you don't have to pay anything. So if you were to make 50000 and give 50000 of course, you wouldn't give your income. You would give out of your surplus, I would guess, because you still need an income to live off of. But ultimately what it's saying is if people have the income and the ability to give, especially to worthy causes right now, there's a tax benefit to that. So it's an incentive for people who can to give more and get that tax benefit. 
So I hope for some of you that that's something that you can do. There are a lot of worthy causes today out there that uh, could use our help. So if you are able to uh, consider being generous in the season, there are people who will need uh, our assistance. Yeah, I, I saw Bill Gates gave $100 million mm-hmm. to initial funding to help research seven different therapeutic ways of fighting the virus. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, just immediately. It, so if you are at a place to give... Be looking to give to neighbors, be looking to give to friends, be looking to give to family, be looking to give to your local community, be looking to give at your church, be looking to give, be looking to be generous in this Mm -hmm. season if you have the ability to be generous. Yeah, yep. All right. Well, we want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, we would appreciate you rating it, reviewing it, and of course, subscribing to our podcast. You can do that on any podcast app on iTunes or Android device. So that's easier uh, for more people to find it. And it's easier for you to have access to it every single week. You can also share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Let others know what we're doing. Let them know of the content that we created. And hopefully they will also benefit. And we'd love to connect with you over social media. Let us know if there's anything that we can do to serve you better. If there's content that you'd like to see us uh, develop or topics you want us to touch on, we would love uh, to do that. So let us know through social media or you can just email us through uh, leosabo.com and let us know what you'd like us to focus on. You can also go to stewardshippastors.com. On that website, David has created a bunch of great videos and resources, and he's um, just passionate about sharing this content with stewardship leaders so that they can also teach on biblical finance. And this is a great resource that, that your spiritual leader will benefit, especially in a season like this. Churches are going to be affected with giving probably going down because of job losses and other reasons. So this is a great time to infuse this education into churches. People need education in a church, and through the church is a great way to to gain that knowledge and information, and David is doing that through this content. He's also writing a book, Jesus on Money, that's going to come out soon, so uh, pre-order a copy, uh, order a couple or three, and again, uh, make sure that your friends also get them. Well, we look forward to having you join us next time, so that together... We We can can keep keep getting getting money money right. For the duration of this CARES Act, you could have an extra $600 per week. So that moves you from $500 to $1,100. It more than doubles. That is a massive, massive shift. Uh, But again, it's to make sure that people are covered. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.